Hello and welcome to the Forward Unto Dawn podcast. This is episode 14, and today we're going to catch up on some stuff, some announcements that have been made in the past couple of weeks, um, and also some interesting stuff going on at the Waypoint Forums, which in case you haven't gone on the Waypoint Forums, which is understandable, we'll talk about for you so you don't have to. Joining me is, as always, Danny. Hi, Leo. And Isaac. What's up? Um, so the big stuff that we've missed uh, going back is at E3, uh, they announced what everyone suspected was coming. Anyhow, the Master Chief Collection, which is Halo 1 Anniversary, Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3, and Halo 4, with everything bundled together. It wasn't suspected, it was leaked. Yeah, we... Just want to point that out, it was leaked a long time in advance, and denied. So, from a fiction standpoint, probably the most interesting thing is that included with Master Chief Collection is going to be Nightfall, which is the Ridley Scott Halo series. Are you sure that's the most interesting from a fiction perspective? Because I'm pretty sure there's more interesting fiction included that, which... There's lots of interesting stuff. So, there's one, this Nightfall, which I don't think we know exactly how long it's going to be, but you get access to it. I assume it's going to be a digital thing uh, since they're still producing it. Uh, like last time. And then, as Danny alluded to, with Halo 2 Anniversary comes more skulls, more terminals, and they showed a bit from the terminals. For Halo 2 Anniversary, the the the, the story terminals, um, well, it's not just the terminals is a big thing. Like In Halo 2, the, the cutscenes are being redone by Blur, which means they're literally like re- redirected, reimagined, and everything. I imagine they'd be keeping most of the same stuff in there, but there's been uh, announced a new prologue and epilogue that ties into uh, the Arbiter's story and uh, Halo 5, and the terminals themselves feature the more backstory of the Arbiter. I thought we already had plenty of backstory with him, but yeah, more backstory, more background information, apparently, on the Arbiter. Well, it, it seems like someone at 343 heard the cry of, we haven't had enough Arbiter, and they really doubled down on the Arbiter in this game. Well, if you're going to do it in any game, you may as well do it for Halo 2. Yeah. So, what do we think in terms of what we're actually going to get in these terminals more specifically? What do you hope to see? From what I've seen so far, they've hinted that there's going to be a lot of backstory of like the history of the Covenant talked about to a degree that it hasn't been before. Um, I'm currently rereading Contact Harvest, um, and I kind of forgot in the interim how much of the Covenant's backstory is actually explained in there. But even with the amount of depth that that book goes into we still only get very brief details and glimpses at what actually happened. I'm talking about stuff like the Grunt Rebellion, the Taming of the Hunters, and even going back to the Civil War between uh, the Stoics and the Reformers, the Sanchium. I have a feeling that the Terminals are going to be... It seems like they're narrated by the Arbiter. Um, Like, that's pretty clear, the same way the Anniversary ones were narrated by Guilty Spark. But I have a feeling he's going to go back and retell a lot of the history of the Covenant and we're going to get to see it in the same way we got to see a lot of the human forerunner war and the the forerunner flood war and the halo 4 terminals yeah so you kind of picked apart the trailer on the ford onto dawn forums and so you've got some random forerunner device 
kind of in the corner of one of the shots with the elites. I imagine that that's going to be like they're going to go into first contact. I'm hoping at least that they're going to go into first contact between the elites and the prophets and kind of show some of the even more zealous elites that were trying to safeguard the relics from the the tampering reformers. And so that that one shot, which we might add to the um, cliff notes of the podcast, it looks to me like it's elites trying to safeguard a relic from... I mean, we don't see what they're shooting at, but I imagine they're fighting against the prophets. That shot of the uh, the prophets standing upright and a bright area that was rather interesting. They definitely look a lot more like the descriptions of the ancient prophets than the ones we see in Halo 2 and Halo 3. Yeah, so I'm, I've always been really interested in the prophets' history. I mean, a while back I wrote an article about it on Forward Into Dawn, and I think... I'm sure most of that's out of date by now. But the de-evolution of the prophets of the Sanchium over time, not at the hands of the Forerunners, obviously, but at like through their own devices and after fleeing from their home world and, and kind of stagnating with this population of less than a thousand individuals for literally thousands of years, being able to see that degeneration is going to be really cool if they play it out properly. Other things is there's some battle which everyone seems to have taken as, and I think it's reasonable to assume it's it's high charity. And so, Isaac, you were speculating that it was going to be a flashback to the Grunt Rebellion. Yeah, I mean, if you look at one of those pictures, I think, or one of those clips, it's an elite kind of shooting at some blurry figures in the background. And to me, it seems like it's a collection of grunts and maybe a few other species that are allied with the grunts in that conflict. And as it pans up, this phantom gets destroyed and the only body that you can see fall from it is a grunt now obviously that doesn't mean it's the grunt rebellion because there's usually grunts and phantoms but um the fact that it's taking place on high charity and is part of this terminal series that goes into the covenant's history before the schism like it seems to me that that's got to be the grunt rebellion because it's the only thing we've had referenced that kind of fits the bill that's it. I'm not. I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, if you actually look at the um, the dialogue coming from the arbiter himself, it suggests there's something in his past that uh, he hasn't really talked about before. Maybe. Well, what if that's what if that's not in the? He says, "What what was the exact quote?" How well do you know your friend, human? And what would you call me if you knew the truth of what I have done? Yeah, see, I I don't think that that is about something that happened in the past. I think that's something that happened since the events of Halo 3. All those extra material is supposed to give you a, a sort of launching pad. That's the reason why it exists in the first place. It's, it's not beat around the bush, you know what I mean? They're not here to give us a nice, colorful history on the, the, on, on the Covenants, you know what I mean? They're here to sell us Halo 5. And all right, this well, is to, to help oil that machine. So I don't think... On that basis alone, you know, and there's things like uh, that new ship that we see being piloted, the weird four-finned ship, five-finned, well, the the purple ship that we see flying through it, which looks like high charity, but we don't know if it is high charity or not. Do you, do you remember that part of the trailer? Mm-hmm. Like, where does that fit in? Like, what the hell? I don't know. I I think it would be absolutely awesome if they used this opportunity to try and set up. A new status quo. Um, we know since the since the end of Halo Three, the whole universe has been shaken up, and basically the only thing we've gotten out of that is kind of pissed off elites. And we've always had pissed off elites. 
you know, after their uh, their wee breakup, as it were, with the Covenant. And that hasn't really changed the dynamics at all. Only trying to undermine them, also trying to keep peace with them. Like, where have the brutes gone? Where have the gas bags gone? Where have the prophets gone? You know, I mean, like, there's half a universe of, of, of people, of races, suddenly just disappeared. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the shadows that we are not kind of privy to. And we know as well about the human uh, uh, the human insurrection finding new ground after the fallout. You know, I mean, after the fallout of the, of the war because they've been left alone. And, you know, I mean, we have black markets now with nukes being traded openly, that sort of stuff. You know, I mean, and worse technologies being spread around. So I don't understand why we're not getting more of that and why that itself isn't being presented as more of a threat. It's like, oh no, the elites are grumpy again. Like, are we going to have that story like a million times more with Halo 5? Because I'm, I'm kind of sick of it, you know what I mean? So these, the, this, this this trailer, these pictures we're seeing here, of new ship designs, new versions of the of the prophets, and all these mysteries and stuff, that's, that's my hope that we're finally getting something new. Well, here's what I think. We know, I, I gotta go back to the like the end of Halo 3, and after the Covenant broke apart and the Elites started killing all the Prophets that were on their ships, you have to realize, first of all, the Covenant is predominantly male in terms of the forces that they put in their military, and so far, from what we've seen, that includes the Prophets as well. So most, like most of the Prophets, most if not all of the Prophets that were on Elite ships were male, and we can assume that pretty much all of them were killed. So only the ones that were on brute ships or, or any other ships that happened to be floating out there managed to survive. And then all of the female population that was on high charity was destroyed by the flood. So we know originally they had less than a thousand members of the race when they fled their home world. And now they've got, I mean, I think they've got to have less than a hundred individuals left realistically. So the prophets have been talked about in recent fiction, just kind of briefly mentioned that they they disappeared along with the Huragak. But you have to wonder, why would they hint at them having some future role to play if there's so few of them left? Like, I really don't see the prophets, the re- prophet remnants of the Covenant coming back. I think the, part of the reason that they're going back and telling so much of the Covenant's backstory, like, seemingly all the way back to the prophets leaving their home world and meeting the elites is so that people who haven't necessarily read the books and will only play Halo 2 Anniversary will have the backstory they need when that fiction comes into play in future story. And I don't think it's going to come into play in the sense that the prophets come back and pose a threat because that's a little simple and doesn't make that much sense to me given, like I said, their numbers. But if you think about the, the history being told, when the prophets left their home world, there was still the majority of their species was still on the planet and was refusing to tamper with this forerunner tech for fear of, you know, punishment from the gods. We never hear anything else about the Stoics, the ones that stayed behind since the reformists left the planet. So what I want to know is, in the interim, in the time that the prophets were out leading the covenant with these uh, luminary devices, were they also monitoring their homeworld? And is it possible that the Stoics might have either changed their ways and tampered with the Forerunner relics to discover space travel? Maybe there was another civil war and another group of reformists did the same thing? Or 
they might have even discovered space travel on their own without tampering with Forerunner tech. And now it's possible that that whole time there's been a group of Stoics out in the galaxy, and there and that's where the reformists are going to reunite with them and keep their species alive. Because we know their planet was destroyed by the stellar collapse. I put it this way, if humanity had a massive civil war and like a group of us fled Earth and were drifting out in the stars for hundreds of years and then we found out that Earth was going to be destroyed by stellar collapse, would we just sit by and, and, and let that happen? Like that's our home world we're talking about. But you, you'd know that it wouldn't just happen. You'd know that people on there would try to get off it at least, you know? You would, you would want to keep an eye on it at the very least, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what, what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of history with the Stoics that we haven't heard about, and I think they're going to come back into play. That's my suspicion. That would be wonderful, but... Actually, it's even possible that uh, the ship that crashed on Installation 04 in the Halo Anniversary Terminals that everyone is wondering about, that could be a precursor to... Well, i got to be careful using the word precursor. But that could be... An indication. It's like prepping Halo fans for the fact that there are other aliens out there that we don't know about, and eventually it's going to get tied up in this prophet civil war. Sorry, I mean I hope we actually do introduce more alien species, but um, that sounds like a pipe dream. And now we have another character, another human character who's basically going to be the Halo Five version of the. Arbiter, where I'm, I'm, I'm convinced you're going to be switching places between him and the Chief, a la Halo 2, setting him up to be the Arbiter-esque character, you know what I mean? It seems... What do you guys think? I never thought about that. That's an interesting idea. Because you'll play him, and then you'll play the Chief. you play the guy following the Chief. He's always one step behind, and the Chief, who could be, you know, one step ahead without realizing it. You know what I mean? The Chief's just doing his thing, which is being lovelorn over Cortana. Jesus Christ. I hate saying that or thinking it, but that's apparently how it is. That's not how it is. I think it's hard to actually say whether... Because I kind of feel like they might have put that together just using bits of the Halo 2 blur stuff. And so it might just be another tone poem, I guess you would say, compared to actually indicative of what's going to happen in the actual game. Let's also remember um, when they first showed the anniversary terminals i think it was at halo fest actually they um they had a bit that was narrated by guilty spark using dialogue that never actually showed up in the terminals or anywhere else like it was made just for the trailer uh, i don't i don't think the all our lives are at stake as a throwaway line because it's our only indication really about the agency about lop's mission the only reason why he's doing why he's doing that's the only hint I don't think they're going, to, they're going to screw around with that, you know what I mean? I mean, I think it could be a lot of things, but I mean, at the end of the day, all the, the games, there's always a great galaxy-stopping threat. That's just the way, the nature of the beast. So it's not surprising there's going to be another one. <laughs> then you might look to the guy who solved your other issues. Yeah, but it's the thing, it's like, oh no, only the chief can help us now. Really? Are we, are we like that? I mean, what's he going to do? What luck his way into winning a getaway is? Well, I think 343 is cognizant of the fact that you can't have your one, even as he's an incredibly recognizable character, you can't have him ultimately be the driver of all your stuff. 
that this is just a step of, like you said, he could be like a dual protagonist. Or I don't know, it would probably be a detagonist in this case. But either way, I don't think that they're going to just suddenly get rid of the chief, but I think that they're going to at least address his importance. I think it's they're not going to get rid of the chief at all. It's the, the Jesify them. He's, he's the holy messiah now. You, you can't defeat whatever generic evil bad guy threat of the universe without him. Well, I think in, to, a, to an extent it's kind of inevitable when you have an individual, like a single character or person who's responsible for so much saving of humanity. Like even in today's world, if that were to happen, there would be this whole, this crazy uh, hero worship and, and uh, hero complex going on. I just don't think that you can make much of a guess because my sense is just on how, I mean, lots of people noticed this when Halo 4 came out. It's pretty final in that the story ends and a lot of the plot threads are wrapped up. And Spartan Ops introduces some new ones that um, obviously could have ramifications in the future, but I think it's possible that this takes place a lot there's a bigger time gap between halo 4 and halo 5 than there have been in the other games so that might be part of the context that we're missing at this point that's actually a good point um i feel it's kind of weird because you're saying four wraps it up and it's like <laughs> then three wrapped it up and four just what puts more well four four added to the story but it also concluded many of those story threads although Didact's not dead though. Yeah, I was about to say that um So he comes back and he's meaner than ever. Well well do you just want to get into the catalog stuff now? That's a good seg. On Waypoint they've had a character called Catalog who's basically been posting um sort of scattershot um responses to various threads and now people are asking more direct questions and they're answering certain ones there. Um and there's a lot of Mostly, there's a lot of low-grade stuff, like, oh, what are um, the Spartan 3s doing? Like, they were all offered a chance to retire. Um, stuff like their Spartan tags. Things like Grey Team is still out doing something unknown. Same thing with Black. But there's a lot of more, I guess you could say, substantial revelations in there, too. Um, and let's pull up the last one. One of the interesting things was that uh, someone said that uh, in response to the upcoming Halo Escalation cover, which has the didact Falcon punching the Master Chief, the the quote is, I would bet my Halo collection that the cover is a reference to the final confrontation with the didact at the end of Halo 4. Catalog's response is, Catalog has researched multiple human flea market agents who will shortly be of use to you, suggesting that that's... At the very least, that's not the final confrontation with the didact at the end of Halo 4, which implies pretty strongly he's going to come back. Just do not in any way trust those lying, evil, scumbaggy, misleading covers. If it was the Master Chief and didact sitting down there in a complete recreation of Halo 4 exactly as we've seen it, I still wouldn't believe it. They have lied that much to me. I refuse to believe it until I finish reading the damn comic. That just suggests that there actually might be something related to that, as opposed to just being a kind of random, cool piece of art they slapped on the cover, though. No, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, like those escalation comments are a bunch of lies. Oh, I know, I know. I know. The, 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 the blurb at the back cover don't even match 
doesn't even match the actual story inside. It was like they were written a long time ago before the story was changed and edited the way the way it is in in the business, and they just never bothered to update past their original intent for generic story issue six, and it's downright insulting to anyone that pays money for those things, including me. Yeah, it's definitely annoying and stupid, and especially since it takes away from the actual story they're telling, which... I would still buy the story as it is inside the comics if you stuck that on the outside of the comics. I wouldn't turn around and go, no, I'm not enjoying this. I'm just annoyed that they're lying, blatantly lying to customers now. I, I, I've held them in such a high esteem, but I don't know who's responsible. Is it Dark Horse? Is it Thief or Three? Is it a particular writer? You know what I mean? I want to find out who has decided it's fantastically fine to blatantly lie to customers and fans. Yeah, among the other stuff that I pulled out um, from the catalog posts, which I thought was interesting, was it's, of course, a lot of these things are written in with little Latin phrases and brackets and stuff, um, sort of like the Halo 3 terminals, so there's a lot of um, interpretation implicit in using them for answers, but um, in response to what criteria allows certain humans to be designated as reclaimers, the response is that uh, basically status is confirmed by analysis of uh, Yeas uh, Symphonia. So it implies that there is at least a genetic component of it so that not all humans are reclaimers, and it's based on presumably something, some benefit of some library and tinkering code and so I think it. I think it's reasonable that not everyone can be a reclaimer. See, I think it's not because if it was recessive or if it was just something that could be mutated out of the DNA, or whatever it is, then it's not very. It's not a very secure thing at all. Like, why would they place all their hope and trust on on this thing that could literally be bred out of us? Well, there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of places where mutations don't occur. I mean, in terms of what's actually expressed in the genome. So, I mean, it's getting out of out of out of my wheelhouse really in terms of biology, but I'm saying there's plenty of wiggle room to play with. Yeah, I'm just saying I, I if they were going to put it into us, I think they would have put it they would have secured it so it wouldn't be easily bred out. It doesn't make sense for only some people or a majority to be reclaimers and a minority not. That doesn't make sense to me in terms of of, of forerunner design. Well, I think all. we'll have to see how that might play into the future story. Until if we it really, does. yeah, yeah, know the effect of how much that's going to influence and affect. Um, in terms of other interesting things for me that were worth picking out, someone asked who built the various ancient ruins on Installation Zero Five, which at the time they have Cortana speculates that they were put there to honor them, um, but they're obviously older far older than the rings and especially given what we know now about when the rings were built it seems really odd that there be ruins um, put on there um, but the answer is record of surface fittings at delta site sealed by authority of the ecumen council which is an interesting non-answer um obviously suggests that there's something important about them uh, whether or not that will tie into something in the future or what we see in halo 2 anniversary is an interesting question I've always wondered about those. I mean, initially, I, th I think when Bungie was in control of the franchise, it was initially like Forerunners were on the Halo installation, Halo was activated, then they were reseeded, or somehow there was a 
a population of forerunners that were still on the Halo ring. And at the time, forerunners were humans. Like, that was a, there was no question about that in Bungie's interpretation of the universe. And so, after losing their culture, they kind of started to preserve what was already found on the ring, in my mind. Yeah. Anything else in the catalog post that you want to talk about? Is there anything else? You caught your guys' eyes? Yeah, okay. So, one of the other catalog posts was. Dave, you should just read it if you've got it pulled up. Um, one of the queries was, uh, are humans worthy of the mantle? Then must they first show their capabilities through a test of sorts? And uh, the catalog spits out this sort of system error jargon. That query contains logic plague markers, process quarantine, and it reboots itself. Um, and if you don't remember, the logic plague is sort of the name given to sort of the quote-unquote disease that the grave mind presumably infects mendicant bias with and then who other infects other foreigner ais with uh-huh and i think what what this post seems to suggest to me especially based on the fact that i think it was the precursor that mentioned the test that humanity was going to go through and that the foreigners had already failed I think what this seems to indicate to me, because the user posted something regarding this test and reclaiming the mantle, um, and this catalog character has immediately recognized this as indication of the logic plague. So I think what this is trying to say is that the logic plague, or at least the idea of this test, that the flood is a test that species have to go through, is part of the logic plague that the, the precursors in the Gravemind use to sway species over to their side. The same way that Mendicant Bias was over those, what was it, 42 years that he talked with the Gravemind? Yeah, something like that, 40-odd 40, 40 years. Or with the precursor, the timeless one. Yeah, I mean, the the idea of the logic plague is still so undefined. Like, is it a literal um, plague that goes in and infects the mind? Or is it a just, you know, convincing someone through persuasive reasoning or some sort of combination of both? It kind of gets into the question of the nature of AIs, but I think you could also see it as a plague in terms of if mendicant bias is the, the medarch, the ultimate AI, basically, and you're able to convince him like through however many deterministic reasonings or whatever calculations per second, if you break it down to a machine logic, then if he's convinced, there's no way that any other lesser AI wouldn't be convinced faster. So it could be seen as a plague in that sense, that the, the sort of logic, the irrefutable logic that the grave mind's right can be transferred that way. That's how I look mm-hmm. at it, at least. It makes sense as well. If you can, if you can break the top-level security... Every other level of security is not going to be offering you a challenge anymore. So you get the one target, and that one target gives you access to everything else. So it could be an infection-based thing, where as soon as the top one's cracked, the bottom ones are all at risk then, and they're attacked in the same way, or whatever. <laughs> it just sounds like a nice sci-fi thing, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, everybody drops some logic bombs here. Why? Yeah, and there was a post that mentioned the catalog, I believe, was communicating with Forerunner facilities on Mars, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, EDOM, which, as we know from the first, yeah, the first uh, Forerunner Greg Bear novel is Mars. And then what was the name of the facility it was communicating with? 
eat um terminal. Terminal. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Edom terminal slash juridical. So obviously, there's there's something on Mars worth finding out. It kind of brings me back to Mass Effect and the Prothean ruins on Mars, but um, I guess that's a whole different series to talk about. But just I like the idea of these ancient ruins on Mars. That's actually something that's popped up in a lot of well sci-fi universes, but also games in particular. I I just recently finished playing the Doom Three BFG edition. I was just kind of slowly working through that for completion's sake because I love that game. And uh, I had totally forgotten about the whole ancient Martian society thing. It's just, it's an interesting, it's interesting that it continually pops up in games like that. But maybe there will be some information at this Mars juridical terminal that will play into the future fiction. Yeah, it, what's interesting is that it, it gives a couple of responses. That the first, the connection's lost, and it tries contacting again. The connection's refused, and then the connection's locked, which implies that something there is still active. So that could be a plot hook for the future. It's, it's nice that they're doing it, and I hope that, obviously, as we've talked about the issues with Halo 4's plot, I hope that none of this is totally essential. They're just dropping it in a form that few people read. Ignoring Danny, I would just recommend that if anyone hasn't checked out these catalog posts yet, you definitely should. Yeah. And They're actually pretty easy to find. They're pretty easy to find if you just go to the catalog's profile and look at, like, last ten posts. Yeah. Um, we'll drop a link in the show notes. You just get to get through the, the, the Latin phrases being used and all this made-up fluff that they use. The oh, because we've never had to posts. put up with that in Halo before. <laughs> I prefer straight answers. I don't like flapping about it. I hate it. Here's your straight answer, and we're going to decorate it with flap. I call that engaging the fan base at, while simultaneously covering your butt. Yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. much. You didn't interpret that right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad to see it. I want more of it. That's the sort of content I will always enjoy as a fan. You know? So more of it, please. This is something I wanted to bring up, but I've also been struggling to think of examples, so we might avoid talking about it. But, um, like, in Anniversary, they had the opportunity to change some things to more accurately fit, like, the book, the flood, and hint at future content that was coming out. Like, given what we know about Halo's story and the settings of Halo's story, like, do you think they're going to add any details that will hint at things to come? Well, I mean, how many how many things aside from the terminals actually did they do? I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they stuck Linda in the uh, in the cryotube. Right. I mean, I think I think the opportunities they they had to do stuff in anniversary in the first one in the first anniversary versus what they actually did. Um, there was a pretty big difference. Like they could have done a lot more, um, but there's certainly a lot of opportunities in Halo Two. Like, for example. What's the Gravemind going to look like now that we know the Gravemind is a precursor? Are they going to change up its appearance slightly to fit that description better? No, 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 That's, 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 no, 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 no. Just remember, the cutscenes are being entirely redone. They're not going to... The Gravemind as we know it right now is, is the Flood. It's not this, this, it's not the Primordial, it's not... Yeah, I, I, I don't think they would really do that. Like the grave mines, you can literally create a grave mine with just enough flood biomass. You know, yeah. I mean, like those things are just like common as anything, as long as you have enough 
material for them. So I don't, I don't really want them all looking like the primordial. It takes away from them being special and unique and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I, that is definitely the thing I'm looking forward to the most, just because everything else they've done is so ridiculously cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see, because I know I personally like its design, but it it never actually has ever felt like you understood what it looked like. It was usually just disembodied tentacles and stuff. So if they can sort of bring it together and make it differentiate it more from the Little Shop of Horrors thing everyone criticized about. That's that's the thing. I, I always have pictured it being an, an extra from the Little Shop of Horrors. It's just so I mean, it, it definitely has a, a similar style to Audrey. So this would be their chance to sort of push it. I don't know if you guys remember the concept art of the Gravemind, but it originally had like the skulls of different alien species as teeth, and it was supposed to be just like a proto Gravemind comprised of all these yeah. decaying bodies, which never really showed in the Halo Two cutscenes. It did look more like plant matter or vines. Well, in in Halo Two, in general, just the look of the flood, they went a whole lot more planty, whereas in Halo Three, from what we saw, it felt a lot more fleshy. I think Halo 1 felt the most like decayed flesh and then they went a little bit more towards the thing with like these tendrils growing through the flood in Halo 2 and then Halo 3, I don't know, they all looked like they had rhino skin to me. But I wouldn't mind actually if they went back and give it a slightly more gruesome redesign because of blur. Like It has to be photorealistic. I don't want a photorealistic plenty sort of flood. Mm-hmm. I want a disgustingly fleshy well, it could also be. I mean, you always had that. You always had that. Uh, all the little flood biomatter, like, off coming off stuff. Like, just imagining what that would look like done in a photorealistic way, just like oozing this stuff. Yeah, that that might just be all you need to really make it pop. Is it wrong that I'm actually looking forward to the Halo Two cutscenes more? Like, imagine just the opening cutscene with the Arbiter. Oh my God! No, photorealism. That's, like, Jesus Christ! Fuck Nightfall! I do. I want to see that. What about uh, High Charity's, like, stage or whatever without more than, like, 30, just 30 people? <laughs> just everything, every cutscene. I love it. The Mark of Shame and then Cairo Station. Oh, the just whole ceremony everything. at Cairo Station. Everything, man. Every cutscene in Halo 2. Halo 2 is where the story went bananas. Where they really, really exploded everything that was in there in terms of, 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 of space opera. And we finally get all that in glorious, ridiculous blur of CGI. Jesus, that's just... The only the only thing I'm kind of concerned about is obviously making things better and you don't have... I mean, I'm sure there were some camera angles in Halo 2 that were done primarily to, all right, well, we have to hide this stuff so we can get a decent frame rate in engine. But like when they have the uh, in the Halo 5 trailer, they show an alternate version of chief um arming the bomb where he just sort of kicks it down which i think is probably makes more a little more sense than him going into this crack that they just made five seconds before but then you then you wouldn't be able to see the inside of the like the reactor and everything yeah but i'm saying like that's that to me is goes beyond presentation and camera angles to something he's changing how history happened and so that's what i'm a little concerned about where i don't want them to go I want them to make everything look look as you imagine it when you play it back in your head and not as, oh, when you go back and realize that this is what it looked like in 2004. 
Yeah, now that you mention it, that is like there's the risk that that can change a lot of things. Yeah, and like the, the you don't want a stupid Han shot first thing when there's no reason for it. I don't recognize any of those uh, previews that they've shown as being from the Halo Two cutscenes, but apparently they're from the new ones. You know, unless they're just renders that they're showing off, which could also be true. For the the close up characters that we've seen, I think a lot of those are just renders. The chief bomb Except thing, I think, is taken directly from the game. I think that's how it's going to look like. They're not going to redo the whole fucking scene just for a change of camera angle. Like that's it. That's their scene. You know. And I think that was done just for the trailer, personally. Well, personally, I hope it was done just for the trailer because I would much rather keep things. We have face meltingly awesome graphics and. We don't have to put the camera in stupid places when we don't need to. There was always some weird cinematography in Halo 2 where I didn't quite understand what was going on. Oh, just the uh, the shot of um, Arbiter falling down the pit when he's confronted by Tartarus has always seemed really bizarre to me. Oh, yeah. I like, really hope, actually, see for, the, um, see, for the ending, I really hope they do something better than what originally happened. With Cortana? No, the original ending, ending of, of Halo 2, where it's like, yeah, the chief is getting ready to start the fight. Yeah, he's coming. Yep, 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 oh, credits. Yeah. I've never really been upset about that, just because... You have to think, like, when it first came out, there were a lot of fans that were upset about it. What if they kind of changed it slightly as just, like, a nod to that upset that happened? I don't know. It, I, th- I feel like it, it doesn't really matter as much now, because finish the fight, okay. I don't even have to change discs. <laughs> I yeah, I understand. I understand that. Like that's not what we're saying, but um, there has to be some kind of thing to it. You know what I mean? That they at least address it. Maybe. I mean, it'd be nice. You know. Like maybe showing like an extended cutscene of how the chief got to where he is at Halo Three because there is that blank. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe I mean, I mean, the the if you sense. if you wanted pie in the sky, someone should have bribed marty to like when he left bungie or was fired from bungie that he just took those recordings of he said that he has basically the audio mixed down of the original halo 2 ending still <laughs> like if that ever made its made its reappearance it would really have to be now you would think so there's the, always that thin hope i think that guy's finished with halo yeah he's probably going to move on to better things there was definitely 200% more monk chant at E3 than there has been in a long time. So he was getting his residuals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy to hear the monks again. I yeah. miss the monks. The monks are good. It's, as much as, as, much as I, I like going back and re-listening to it, there was actually a conversation on Gaff just like a day or two ago. I, I really enjoy Halo 4's soundtrack. It was not well mixed in the game but i really enjoy it as standalone here's what i think i think they should have neil davidge do all of the atmospheric work because as far as the atmospheric stuff goes i will go out on on a limb and say that he did a better job than marty no i agree in terms of in terms of like actual gameplay and action oriented music um i think that what is it tom salta or sant tom Tom salta yeah yeah from uh Spartan Assault. And uh, Combat Evolved Anniversary. He matched Marty's vibe for gameplay and action-oriented music so much better, but also managed to push it in slightly new directions. 
I wish I wish they would have Neil Davidge do the atmospheric stuff and Tom Salta do the action gameplay stuff. Well, and then if you wanted to throw another person in there, you'd have because uh, I know I personally don't. Well, I like his stuff. I don't. I don't hold it into the same regard of some people who say Kazuma. that. Uh, J- yeah, Kazuma or Janucci is um, Janucci stuff in Halo Four is good. And uh, to, and also to be fair, I've listened to the soundtrack more on my own than playing the game, and I've also spent more time playing the game in those moments that I like the music in. So, um, okay. So, do we want to talk about Nightfall briefly, or anything else? Well, I I do want to mention one thing with Nightfall. Um, I was reading a post. I actually, I'm not even going to try and mention the name of the site because I forget. It was like reactive bias or something. Um, but then I I was I read a post online um, speculating that Locke, who is going to be this black character that we have in Nightfall, that the two are the same individual, um, and speculating that uh, Locke is actually going to end up being the son of uh, Sergeant Johnson, like having him bringing back the legacy of Johnson, but not Johnson himself would be kind of a cool way to show that his character is still having an influence on the current universe and giving that nod to fans without, you know, shoehorning his character directly into anything. I don't, I think that's, that is kind of irrelevant whether they, he's his son or not. I mean, just from what we know, from what we've seen of he—he he is definitely is uh, what's it? Uh, actor Mike Coulter is going to play Locke in uh, Nightfall. I'm going to assume that he's going to be a quieter character than Johnson, just because uh, the the line we they give us is uh, to play the main character, Jameson Locke, a rising star in a futuristic army with reservations about those in command, implies that he's probably a little less mouthy. I think that you're definitely right that people want that spiritual successor to Johnson. Um, in the same way that you kind of need in a game like Halo, you kind of need a character like Cortana to, to the voice on the radio to guide you around. I think that there's definitely room for that role. I just don't think it needs to be a uh, lock. And especially if he's going to be this, the, uh, deuteragonist in Halo 5 or whatever, we're going to need someone else to be that anyhow, since it'll be the player. Oh, but we character. have... Guys, guys, we have Palmer. We don't need any more characters. Well, I, I, that's precisely... And we've already heard your Palmer hate, so we don't need to go into it now, but I'm saying you could you could honestly... We pulled the entire... Heard the entire internet's Palmer hate. Yes, but you could honestly do that with Palmer. She could be that character. I don't think it's too far out of what she's been established. So there's there's a room for that. I don't think it needs to be... Locke, son of Johnson, especially since that starts getting into the the small universe syndrome, which I think cripples a lot of science fiction franchises, where everyone's related to everyone else that you see. It starts. Yeah, but I mean, Halo's already kind of starting to go in that direction. Mm. Somewhat. I mean, Miranda being Halsey's daughter was yeah and i'm I'm saying i'm not sure that was a great idea in the first place either but and what if what if he's uh the son of the chief huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah okay, that that just starts more and more arguments about spartan augmentations and child rearing and ugh, i hate those conversations all right well in terms of in terms of speculating drastically on the plot of nightfall takes place on a hill of ring or not yeah or nay well the cover the um what is it? 
poster image has a destroyed Halo. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's either a new installation in a separate story, or this is going to be like a fragment of the original Halo ring, and they're going to basically tell an alternate story from another Marine's point of view of landing on the Halo ring, finding out that it's going to get blown up, and then sur- like trying to survive on the surface as it floats in space. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's The, the logline is, A strange and treacherous world expo- exposes elite UNSC operatives to a much deeper danger, which implies which... to me that it's Oni... I mean, the strange and treacherous could be plenty of worlds. I think it's uh, only inserts. Part of the Halo that survived. Let's go investigate it. Okay, only sends in a team of Spartans, led by this guy. They go look for something. And oh dear Jesus, it's not what they thought. Oh, they can't escape. Oh no, there's danger. Follow them for 11 exciting episodes to find out how to get off. I have a feeling. I it's just five episodes, by the way. Five. I have a hunch <laughs> that it's going to be the Flood. Because I think... They're gearing up to reintroduce the flood. We've seen that in um, Escalation, that they're kind of hinting that, you know, there's obviously, I mean, we knew it, but they're showing beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's still remnants of the flood out there. And it wouldn't surprise me if the big twist of Nightfall was seeing the flood in the live-action format. That would be pretty cool. I think that would be an awesome addition, actually. The flood are cheap. Think about it. You could do... You'd be very alien-esque in terms of not having to shoot them directly, yeah. but uh, well, and I think it also it also works in terms of if this if this nightfall is really about setting up the character. Same thing with the anniversary terminals, uh, to a lesser degree. Then zombies, I mean, space zombies are a good way to do it because the best the best zombie movies are really about the characters, and the zombies are just forcing a situation. So you can. If they're used as a tool, I think it can be effective for telling your story. If you want people to learn more about what makes this guy tick, and they have a mention of not entirely comfortable with the UNSC, then this would be a good place to establish that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I'm actually looking forward to it. I really hope it's set on a piece of a Halo ring, because the Halo rings are designed to survive post-explosion. Like wait, wait, wait. Guys, I know what it is. Lock and an elite are running from a rotating halo ring that's threatening to crush them. <laughs> it is Ridley Scott, after all. That would make sense. <laughs> firing the firing, destroying the halo ring, that may not be uh, a, a, an absolute victory, as they thought it was. You know what I mean? If pieces could survive. Well, I mean, you have to think that the flood were locked away in these like, not only locked away in these like airtight containers because of the spore threat they were also locked away in containers that allowed them to stay in stasis for a hundred thousand years like we didn't open every single we didn't open every single container and jail cell on the on the halo ring you know like there's still other remnants of the flood on the first halo ring but do you think these could be um i think these are are 400 time locks because they mentioned that and I think it's a different form of... It's similar. I would imagine it's similar, but it's probably more like... Um, what is it? Those slip space cryotubes from Ghost of Onyx? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I presume that we're going to get this November to December since it's shipping with uh, Master Chief Collection. That's one of those things I've always wondered about. About the Halo universe. It's like, we defeated the Flood. Yeah, no, we haven't. What about those pieces there? 
Those places there, the entire planet shit full in Halo Wars. They actually, you know, there's so many different instances where the flood could have just hung on. It takes what literally um, a spore, one spore, to survive, and we know there's more than one spore out there. Well, I, th- I think with with Halo Wars, that is a better example because you blew up the entire planet, and it went you you nova to sun. Whereas with Halo, you're you blow it up, destabilize it, and I guess that like. It's not going to be a fun being a camper on one of those rings when it, I assume the whole gravity goes to hell and stuff, but yeah, you didn't just vaporize things. And the same thing with the Ark. They blew up the Ark, but the Ark's still there. Well, they, they kind of... Oh, the like Ark's definitely the still arc. got... I think, you know, it's not confirmed, but it's pretty obvious if you pay any attention to the fiction that uh, we're going to be going back to the Ark. Well, we've already gone back to the Ark. Whether we go back again is another question. Humanity has gone back yes. to, like... Yeah. As the players, we yeah. haven't gone back. But which arc is it? That's the lesser arc, isn't our greater arc right there that we've never seen? No, before? I think the greater was arc destroyed? was overrun, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think it I think destroyed. it's it's one of those goofy things where they did introduce a there's a greater arc, but don't worry about it because that was tied up and we actually destroyed that. <laughs> Ignore That's that. Like why introduce it and complicate it in the first place? Because Greg there. <laughs> why 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 have two didacts? It's the forerunners. Like the whole point is, they have this advanced technology, and I think that's a part of making them, like a lot of the forerunner trilogy humanized the forerunners. And this plot device, it was a plot device, obviously, but it it went to lengths to show that there's still this aliens advanced alien society. Oh God! So, well, Halo Six, we're gonna have a didact versus didact fight, aren't we? That's gonna be fun. That'd be cool. If that happens, though, I feel like it needs the, the a comic equivalent, you know, like how those old comics have, like, an asterisk, and then they have, like, C issues, Halo 4, and the terminals for how this is actually possible. <laughs> I think it'd be absolutely hilarious, but if somehow we did find a second didact in Halo, Halo 5, you know, that, that was a culmination of Halo 5's thingy, like, in, in searching for Cortana or something. Are searching for the domain. More importantly, they find him or something. I just want to see the ISO didact. Like, mm. I just really, really want to see him. How similar he is, but then how different he is too. It's. I think it's inevitable. You know what I mean? If they're, they're, I think they introduced him for a reason. You know, and they haven't killed him off. So. All right. Anything else? Uh, for now, I think we covered anything. If... With that said. Uh... Thanks for listening to this episode of the Forward Unto Dawn podcast. Uh, you can uh, like and subscribe to us uh, on YouTube at Forward Dawn. Uh, follow us at Forward Dawn on Twitter. You can also join our forums at assembly.forwardontodawn.com and join the conversation there. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And if you're going to be at PAX this year at PAX Prime, be sure to stop by and say hi to us. Bye.